Imagine that you are hiking through a forest one day, far, far away from any civilization, far from the nearest city or town, far from the nearest beach, or from the nearest road for that matter, and you come across a clearing in that forest where a massive wooden structure is being erected. You venture closer, and you ask one of the workers, Hey, what's going on here? We're building a boat, he explains. A what? You half exclaim, half question. We're building a boat. What for? Because a huge flood is coming. It's going to destroy everything and everyone. And the only way to escape is to get into this boat. Are you mad? You ask. Well, it's not my project. You see that man over there? He's Noah. And this is his project. You ask him. Hello friends, happy Friday and welcome back to Sabbath Moons on Faith FM, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Erickson, your host, and I invite you to stay tuned as I share with you a few thoughts about Noah and his massive boat-building project, along with a selection of songs, of course. So, welcome. says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. One of the best known characters in the Old Testament scripture is certainly Noah. If you start reading the Bible, you won't get very far before you come across this guy called Noah. And of course, if you go to church, you're going to hear about his story sooner or later. It's as popular as some of the other famous ones like David and Goliath and Jonah and the whale, Daniel in the lion's den and, and what else? Noah is quite a popular figure. And as I thought about today's word and what I wanted to share with you on today's broadcast, Noah popped up. He just grabbed my attention. So today we're starting out with him, with Noah, but we're ending with Jesus. Okay, but let's take our first song, entitled, Coming Again, by Wendley Phipps. 
stand me gazing there up into the sky be not discouraged for we have brought good news this same Jesus whom we do My destiny, Lord, I humble myself to Thee. Lord, I want to see Your face. Just help me. Strong. I know you will return. I know it won't be long. He is coming again. He is coming again. My destiny, Lord, I humble myself to Thee. Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims. Joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again, coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again, coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. Welcome back to Sabbath Moons from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, when you're applying for a job, you need a good resume, something that can impress your prospective employers. So I thought, if Noah's going to teach us any lesson today, he had better have a good resume. Hmm? He'd better be somebody 
So I checked him out and this is what I found. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says this, And God did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. I also found in Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 to 9 says the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. Verse 7, so the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9 says, This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Now, that's a wonderful, that's a stellar, outstanding resume, would you say? I'd love to be like Noah, except that time when he got drunk and he was disrespected by his son. I'd like for people to say about me that I am a good man, a righteous man in my generation. Yeah, so as I took a closer look at Noah's life and work, I came up with three things that I believe that he knew, that he was keenly aware of. I want to share those with you today. Number one, Noah knew God personally. Number two, Noah knew the times in which he lived. And number three, Noah knew his purpose and his mission. And so like Noah, you should, number one, know your God. Number two, know the times. And number three, know your purpose and your mission. Let's start with number one. Noah knew God personally. What does it mean to know God? I want to suggest, friends, I want to suggest that it means to be a personal friend of God. It means to be intimately connected with him. It means that like Enoch, who was an ancestor of Noah, you're walking with God. Like Abraham, it means that you're a friend of God. Like Moses, you meet God face to face. Like Ruth, you call him my God. Like David, you're somebody after God's own heart. Like Daniel, you pray to him three times a day, at least. Like Job, you trust him even if he slays you. And like Jesus, you call him your father. The Bible says Noah walked with God. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. Now that's awesome. Now that's how closely he knew God. God wants us to know him. And that's the most important thing. He says to us in the book of Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 to 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Also, Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7 says, Then I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. Friends, knowledge of God, it defines the intimate relationship that God wants to have with his people. 
The Bible says further in Genesis chapter 4 verse 1, Adam knew his wife and she became pregnant. Now watch this. It's the same verb that Jeremiah uses when he says, I will give them a heart to know me. Same verb. So I want to suggest to you today that when a person knows God, something happens inside. A new life comes into being. Outside of that knowledge is death. It is separation from the one who is the source of life. Again, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Destroyed. They perish for what? Lack of knowledge. And Hosea chapter 6 and verse 6, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offering. And here's a beautiful passage that I found in the book Desire of Ages. It says, it says this, and I quote, When we know God as it is our privilege to know Him, our life will be a life of continual obedience. Through an appreciation of the character of Christ, through communion with God, sin will become hateful to us. Now the fact that Noah lived in a time of great evil made his knowledge of God truly special. It was like a candle in a pitch black warehouse. It was like a single lily on a dark murky pond. His righteousness contrasted starkly with the sin that was around him. Noah stood like a rock amid the tempest. Surrounded by popular contempt and ridicule, he distinguished himself by his holy integrity and unwavering faithfulness. Connection with God made him strong in the strength of infinite power. That comes from the same book, Patriarchs and Prophet, page 96. Now, the unfortunate thing is that sometimes we are afraid to be different. We're afraid to stand out. Be different. Stand out, not as an end in itself, just for the sake of standing out, but accept it as something that happens when you are a child of God. You know what I like about Serena Williams, besides the fact that she's the best player on the WTA? Whenever she, she gives a victory speech, she always thanks her God, Jehovah. Have you noticed that? And that's awesome. She's not afraid to represent her God. And don't be afraid either. Don't hang down your head. Don't hide your identity in a corner. Let it be known that you know your God. Let people know that you are a child of the living God. Live as a child of God. We'll come back after this song.
I then shall live as one who's learned compassion. I've been so loved that I'll risk loving too. I know how fear built walls instead of bridges. I'll dare.
You're listening to Faith FM, and this is Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. My name is Erickson, and I'm sharing some thoughts with you from the life of Noah. So, number one, Noah knew God personally. And my question is, do you? Do you know God personally? And do you live like you are one of his children? Number two, let's go to number two. Noah knew the time in which he lived. Now, what time was it when Noah was preaching? What time was it? I'll tell you what. It was most certainly the time of the end. It was indeed the last days. The evil, the wickedness that prevailed on the earth in those days bore striking similarity to the evil and the wickedness that we find in today's world, friends. Those were dangerous and perilous times. Those were terrible times. There was hardly anyone who saw anything wrong with anything. It was a world where people did not care. Society had lost its moral compass. Morality was at an all-time low. And the voice of the preacher of righteousness, Noah, was made the subject of jokes on the street corners. People openly rejected the knowledge of the living God. And what was the result? The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, verses 28 to 31. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. What a description, my friends. Speaking of those days, the Bible says in Genesis 6 verse 5, And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Non-stop evil. Evil 24-7. Eat, sleep, dream, walk, talk, scheme, plan, and execute evil. That was all on their agenda. What a world. You wouldn't want to be living back in those days, would you? But hold on, hold on, wait. Jesus said in Luke 17 verse 26, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. And as it was in those end times, my friends, so it will be in these end times. The same problems, same old sins, the same self-centered living, the same stubborn resistance to the voice of God, the same old, same old. The fear of God is banished from the heart of man, and his law is treated with indifference and contempt. The intense worldliness of that generation is equaled by that of the generation now living. God does not have a problem with the fact that people are eating and drinking and marrying. Those were things that he designed for the benefit of all humanity. Can you imagine not eating and drinking? But the problem lies. The problem lies, friends, in, in, in people, the fact that people were abusing those God-given gifts and bringing themselves down to the level of animals by the excesses in appetite and sexual immorality. 
they didn't care back then and they don't care now that God designed them and those functions for his glory. And just as people then resisted the preaching of Noah, so too people today would love to shut you up quiet if you're preaching all that God and the Bible say. Society is refusing to hear the word of God and they are hitting back by saying that we're offending them. Have you heard that? And guess what? Sometimes we fall for the trap. We're afraid. We're afraid to offend. And so we keep quiet. On another front, though, just as was prophesied, people are making fun of the very message that was meant to deliver them from what's coming. Listen to what the Apostle Peter says in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. He says this, There shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Hey, don't we hear the same words repeated today? Jesus is coming? <laughs> I've heard that rubbish since I was a boy. And guess what? My grandkids are going to hear the same rubbish when they become my age. You know what the Bible calls that? Scoffing. Scoffers will come in the last days. And it's one of those signs of our times. And as we get close to the end, friends, there's going to be more and more of that. Yes, when we think about the wars, the natural disasters, the epidemics, the moral decay in today's world, you know what? Leaders of our country are bursting their brains to come up with the answers to teen drunkenness and violence. We have no choice but to conclude this is the time of the end. What does that tell us? According to the Apostle Paul in Romans 13 verses 12 to 13, it says this, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. It is time. I'll be right back.
Lift the name of Jesus higher, lift him up, raise his banner to the sky. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me, lift him up, all ye people lift him up. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise His righteousness forever. Praise the Lord, lift your voices to the sky. He said if we won't praise His name, then the rocks and stones will cry out, Praise the Lord, all ye people, praise the Lord. Show His love, show His love, show His love to everybody. Show His love, let your candle always shine. He said that by the love we show, they will know we're His disciples. Show His love, all ye people, show His love. Lift Him up. Lift him up, lift the name of Jesus higher. Lift him up, raise his banner to the sky. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. Lift him up, all ye people, lift Lift him up, all ye people, lift him up. Praise the Lord, show his love, lift him up. Lift him up, all ye people. Lift him up. Welcome back to Sabbath Moods on Faith FM. My name is Ericsson and this broadcast comes to you from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. And today I'm sharing with you three things that Noah knew. We've talked about number one, Noah knew his God personally. Number two, Noah knew the times in which he lived. Which brings us to number three. Noah knew his mission. Third point, from the life and ministry of this great man named Noah, know your mission. Now, Noah's message was one of righteousness. Noah's mission was a message of warning, of repentance, of calling men and women to turn away from their sinful and wicked ways and embrace obedience to the will of Almighty God. In view of the terrible times in which he lived, Noah was commissioned to warn the world that one, God's righteous judgment was about to fall on the wicked, and two, the only way of salvation was through the ark that God had provided. 
Again, I'm reading from the book Patriarchs and Prophets, page 92. It says, while building the ark, he, Noah, was to preach that God would bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy the wicked. Those who would believe the message and who would prepare for that event by repentance and reformation should find pardon and be saved. If I may use some of the phrases commonly used nowadays, Noah was intentional. He was purpose-driven. He was mission-focused. He knew why he was building that boat. It was the most important thing in his life. It was the sum total of why he existed. His purpose, in other words. And so everything about him was wrapped up, friends, with that mission. Build the boat so God can save the people. Talk to the people. Build, talk, build, talk. Build and talk. Build, talk. Mission, mission, mission. That was his drive. There was never a day where his eyes were not on his mission. Oh, I can just imagine gray-haired Mr. Noah giving his crew instructions. Hey, bring that one over here. Yeah, that one. Come on, man, move it, move it. We don't have all day. But he would see 80-year-old neighbor Mr. Abbott going by on his donkey cart and he would stop working and call out to him, Hey, Abby, how are you doing today? And Abbott would say, Yeah, I'm doing good, Mike. Just going down the hill to get some potatoes and onions. And Noah would say, Abby, have you thought about the flood? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I've heard you saying that since I was this little, and we're still here. You're my good man, and I respect you, and you're a sensible man, so I'm not going to say uh, something like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to say you're nuts, but I just don't understand how you can continue to believe in that nonsense, Noah. A flood is absolutely contrary to all the scientific evidence available, Noah. There's no way it can happen. Matt, you're dead wrong. And Noah would say, Abby, it is coming. Trust me. It is coming. And you have got to prepare. You see this boat? I am preparing. Uh, yeah. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Suit yourself. <laughs> prepare. But I'm not going to live my life in fear of some flood. Okay, Abby. But if you change your mind soon enough, I'll be right here. But don't wait too long, huh? Because too long might become too late. Noah would stop building and start preaching. Build and talk and build and talk. His mission was not just talk. He walked the talk. He lived his convictions. His works testified of his sincerity. He gave the world an example of believing just what God says. All that he possessed, he invested in the ark. And as he began to construct that immense boat on dry ground, multitudes came from every direction to see the strange sight and to hear the earnest, fervent words of the singular preacher. Every blow struck upon the ark. Doom, doom, doom. Every blow was a witness to the people. Yes, friends, God wants you not only to know him personally, not only to know the times in which we live, but also to know what our mission is, what our purpose in life is. Our times are no better than Noah's days. We said that before. God's judgment are also about to fall upon the wicked. We need to warn the world. 
And that, by the way, is why Faith FM is on the air, friends. God wants you to know what's coming and to prepare. He does not want you to share the faith of those who rejected Noah's preaching. Before the flood, God sent Noah to warn the world that the people might be led to repentance and thus escape the threatened destruction. As the time of Christ's second appearing draws near, the Lord sends his servants with a warning to the world to prepare for that great event. That's why we're telling it. That's why you must also tell it wherever you go.
Sabbath Moons on Faith FM, and I'm Erickson. We're just about to wrap up today's broadcast. But I just want to remind us today that these are truly challenging times, my friends. Mm, these are the days of Noah. These are the days that Jesus, Peter, and Paul spoke about. God wants you to get to know him personally, to be aware of the seriousness of the times in which we live, and to be on his mission. Friends, Jesus is coming soon. What's happening around us tells us so plainly, plainly. Time is running out. Now, how about listening to the call of God now, while you still have time? How about inviting him into your life today? Right here, right now, today. How about saying, God, I give you my heart. Take charge of my life right now. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. How about saying that?
Amen. Dear God, I thank you for Noah, for his example of knowing you personally, of knowing the times in which he lived, and of knowing and fulfilling your mission and purpose for his life. And I pray for everyone who has listened to this commentary on Noah's life, that you will help them to be and to do just like Noah. May we live righteous lives in spite of the rampant wickedness around us. May we heed your warning of a coming judgment, and may we get into the boat, the ark of safety, while there is still time. Thank you. Thank you for Noah. But thank you even more for Jesus, the only one through whom we can be saved. We trust him today, and we pray this prayer in his name. Amen.
that's it, friends. I'll be back next Friday for Sabbath Moods. Hope you can join me then. Sabbath Moods is a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located at 21 Wonder Street in Rockingham, Western Australia. Our mailing address is PO Box 368, Rockingham, WA 6168. You can also find us online at rockingham.adventist.org.au or on Facebook. We have our answering service number 0476-416-740. We meet for worship every Saturday morning from 9.30. Please stop by the church. We'll be glad to see you. All right? So, on behalf of the Rockingham Seventh Adventist Church, this is Erickson saying, May God bless you and keep you. Take care and bye-bye.